Welcome back to the Call Game Podcast. I'm Zach Santos here with Lewis Karist. And today, it's going to be an NBA-focused podcast. We are recording before the football games start, so we're not going to have the outcomes of the Sunday games while this airs. But we are going to focus on the NBA today because the season is about 15 games in for most teams. So it's a good point to kind of reflect on the opening part of the schedule, some initial storylines, things that jump out to us, and also uh, some Celtics talk because it's a pretty pretty interesting team right now. There's a, a lot of question marks that need to be answered while this season goes on. Yep, we're going to go through and talk about teams and whether or not their early season record really reflects what they're going to do and just do our usual talk about the Celtics and how they're annoying. Yep. Uh, a lot of Celtics slander the past two years, really. Not much they've given us. Yep. All right. Uh, but before we start with the Celtics, let's start with some of the other teams around the league. And uh, I think the team that initially jumps out at me through both conferences is the Wizards. They're 9-3, and three, best record in the conference in the East, tied, or not tied, second best record in the league, straight up, at 9-3. and three. And they are shocking everyone. I thought that they would be a borderline play-in team, and they're sitting atop the Eastern Conference to start the year. Yep. Um, Going into the year, I thought that the Wizards were going to be better than they were last year. I don't. I don't expect them to keep this up. Like I think that they'll definitely come back to earth. I think that they could be. They'll, I think that they'll be a playoff team, but I don't think they'll um, end up, like, obviously they're not going to be the one seed. Um, looking at their wins, they've won three games in overtime, including two against the Celtics, which don't really count as wins. Uh, they beat the Hawks, that's a quality win. They beat the Bucks. they beat the Grizzlies. They're... Like a solid team, they have some good players now. They're not just a complete dumpster fire, but I don't think that they're going to keep this up at all. Yeah, I don't see them keeping it up, but I think they kind of went under the radar. They just had a bunch of really good pickups in the offseason. Just looking at their roster, they have they got guys like KCP, just a solid player who's putting up nine points a game for them. He's going to shoot, add veteran leadership. Spencer Dimwitty, he's playing great, 16-5-5, five, and five, solidifying that point guard role. They have Daniel Gafford, who they picked up from the Bulls, who I don't think they should, the Bulls should have got rid of, really. You have guys on, like Montrose Harrell, Aaron Holiday, Kyle Kuzma, guys just that are solid NBA players. And if you put enough solid NBA players onto the team with an all-star like Bradley Beal, you're going to be a pretty solid team. And I think that they're just scrappy. Like, watching the Celtics play them two times in a row, they just scrapped out wins, they played with some energy, Mantras Harrell's playing great, he's averaging 18-9 and nine on the season, so I don't think they'll keep the pace up, but I think they'll be, I don't, I don't want to say mid, I think they'll drop down to like, I think 6-7 is the range they're looking at, but with the East being kind of all over the place this year, I wouldn't be surprised if they slipped into a 5-seed role. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think I would even have them lower. Hmm. All right. Uh, any other teams? What's the What's the next team that you want to? Um, the Bulls, I guess, are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. 
They're eight yeah, and four. Sure. I feel like it's pretty similar, although I do think that they're better than the Wizards. Like they just added a bunch of guys that are like real NBA players, and now they're better. It's make it makes sense. Um, I think they have more like players that actually could make a huge difference. Like Lonzo, DeRozan, Levine, Vucevic are all like well, well above average players. I think they could easily be like a top five seed in the East. I think they're almost guaranteed to be a top five seed just with the way they're constructed. I really like the pieces they brought in. I think Lonzo was one of the bigger NBA pickups going going into the off season. I wanted the Celtics to go after him really hard, but the Bulls ended up taking him. Mm-hmm. I really like Caruso. I think he's a really big acquisition to the team and one of the biggest losses for the Lakers, which I think I'm going to get into. He's averaging 8-3-3, but the way he moves the ball and runs in the offense is really great while playing uh, really uh, solid defense for that team. DeRozan, he's just a guy that's going to give you 20-25 points every night pretty consistently. I don't know how many more years they have left in him, but he really only needs to provide two years, two solid years for the Bulls for it to be worth it. And I think it's just if you're a Bulls fan, you're happy to see them be relevant again. They've got some solid guys, but I think the main question for me on this team is they don't really have the guy. Like, their guy, I guess, is Zach Levine, who this is his first winning season in his entire NBA career. So it's going to be interesting to see how he can lead this team. I think he'll be an all-star, but I think when it comes down to it, especially in the playoffs, he won't be a guy that can really carry this team far into the playoffs. And maybe that guy becomes DeRozan, so. But who knows? Yeah, I think their room to grow kind of just falls on Levine. And I guess it could be like Lonzo too, but they kind of need a guy to be the number like be the number 1 cuz I feel like you could say that it's DeRozan, but we kind of DeRozan's been in the league for a long time. We kind of know his ceiling and it's not mm-hmm. really high enough to carry you all the way. Yeah, I I think we saw that in uh in Toronto, and yeah. I think if they're going to go anywhere, Zach Levine is going to need to become an all-NBA player and really take big strides in uh, leadership and bringing this team to the promised land. But, yeah, I think they'll be definitely a five-seed as their floor. They have some pretty solid wins on the season over the Jazz, and they I think they beat the... Uh, they beat the Mavericks, the Nets. So, yeah, they have some legit wins under their belt. They're going to be a good team this year. and uh, I like the way they're constructed. They have some nice rookie pieces like Patrick Williams, who they drafted a few years ago. And, uh, yeah, I think they'll be a solid team. Uh, um, staying in the East. Cavs 9-5? and five? That's a shocker. Yeah. Got, uh, they, I mean, it's another team where... It's like the Wizards. Right, yeah. They just have some guys that are really good. It's kind of the intriguing thing with them is that their guys are young. Like Garland and Mobley are just like that's a... And Sexton. Is he out for the year, I think? Um, I think he went towards ACL or something. Or I'm just crazy and he didn't. Right. Oh, says he look. he's out for like four weeks. It says. Yeah, maybe we didn't tear his ACL, but yeah, I mean, you have the backcourt of Garland and Sexton. I think people were questioning if that's going to work together. It looks like it's going to work pretty well. Sexton really broke out last year, averaging twenty-two points a game. Garland looks pretty good this year. He dropped twenty-two on the Celtics last night. 
Evan Mobley, I didn't really know, like, I didn't watch a ton of NCAA basketball last year, but I knew he was pretty good. I saw one of his tournaments games. But he's legit. He's so long. He looks like a man, man amongst boys out there on the court. His length is terrifying. And you play him double bigs with Jarrett Allen, one of the most premier shot blockers in the league. There's no driving lanes. They're going to be an insanely good defensive team. They're going to play double bigs. Mobley's going to be awesome. Garland Sexton, I think this is going to be a legit playoff team, which could be a bold take. I don't know. You tell me. But I think they're going to be a playoff team because their defense is just that good. Yeah, I'd say that this is probably a play-in team. Um, I think they're definitely definitely in there. Um, let's see. I think, I mean, Piston Magic, we know they weren't, they're going to be rebuilding. But the Hawks, talk about the Hawks, because what a turn of events from them. Yeah, um, on paper they're great. I still believe in them. Just they have so much talent. Like, they're so deep. They have so many guys that are, like, very solid rotation players. I heard, I forget who it was, someone was talking about how they kind of have too many guys that all deserve to play and all think that they're, like, the number three guy on this team or number two guy mm. with, like, Reddish, Bogdanovich, Herter. DeAndre Hunter, Gallinari, Lou Williams, like those are all like real NBA rotation players. And then they have like solid big depth with Capella, Collins, and Okongwu. So they have like so much depth that it's kind of hard to figure out what their real lineup should be, which I think they'll figure out and I think they'll, they'll be fine. Um, looking at their losses, they've lost their last three to the Nuggets, Warriors, and Jazz. Last four, actually, also the Suns. Um, last six, also the yeah. Jazz. Last seven to the Nets. To the Nets. <laughs> yeah, they're and on a seven-game losing streak. Yeah, I mean, those are all quality teams. Yeah, that's a tough schedule. You would think that they would have beat like one or two of them, but still. None of them were close either, I will say that. They lost by four to the Suns, but the rest of them were ten plus point losses. Um, I think that they'll be fine when the schedule softens up a little (laughs) bit. They play... Four of those were (laughs) back-to-backs. Yeah, I mean, they play the Hawks today, or the Bucks today, so... Yeah, I think they'll be fine. I would put them in like the top four or five probably by the end of the year i'm trying to think because i think the hawks uh calves and wizards are all kind of somewhere where they have a bunch of guys but nothing like that stands out i mean the hawks are a little different they have trey young who's brought a team to the eastern conference finals but yeah i mean i'm wondering if the wizards and the hawks can kind of unload some of their guys to get someone bigger but there's no one really out there right now I i don't think either of those teams are interested in ben simmons at all. Uh, I mean... Maybe the Wizards. Yeah. I would... I mean, it's obviously a huge risk, and I don't think I wouldn't do it. Like, it would be stupid, probably. But, like, he... Ben Simmons would kind of fit on the Hawks, just in the, like, John Collins role, where they have so many shooters where you can kind of live with his non-ability to shoot. The bigger issue is just, like, his, I don't even know what to call it, his, he just disappears in the playoffs. Mental block, yeah. Yeah, so, 
I mean, I was thinking about him on the Celtics too. We can talk about this later, but like, yeah, there is a I'm role for it. him on these teams. It's just like yeah. whether they're willing to give anything up and whether the whether like it's worth it. I think he'd pair nicely with uh, Trey Young in the backcourt yeah. because Trey Young obviously can't play much defense, and if Simmons just if you play him, he won't get there, as like many a small touches. Ball five with but, a bunch of yeah. shooters, like I could see that being pretty good. Yeah, that that would be an interesting place. Uh, interesting team. I think it would. I think it would definitely improve their ceiling. Yeah. And uh, I think a package maybe of like reddish Hunter. Maybe you don't even have to give both of them up because it looks like the market's kind of dead on them right now. But yeah, like a reddish Hunter and some other pieces might get it done because the Sixers right now they're top of the East. They're climbing at a. They're eight and six right now. They kind of have been falling off a little bit, but they're definitely a good team even without Simmons. So. They're on a four-game losing streak, but before that, they were eight and two. So they really don't need Simmons as like a desperate like we need to get him back. They can kind of sit on him, let him figure out what he needs to be figured out while people send in their offers. But interesting to see. I think the Simmons conversation will be a big one as the season progresses. Yeah. Um. Another team before we get to the Celtics that I want to talk about is. The Bucks. Um, they're only six and seven right now. They've had some injury issues. Yeah. Early on, um, so I have little to no concern about them. Yeah. I think it's just injuries, and that I think that they'll be totally fine. Although I mean, yeah, if injuries persist, obviously that could be an issue. But I think they'll be fine. Yeah, their biggest problem is health right now. They're just banged up. I mean, Giannis and Middleton are out in the same game. It's not a recipe for success. If I'm a Bucks fan, the only thing I'd be concerned about is Drew Holiday's performance. So far, he has been healthy. He's only averaging 13-5-4, so I'd like to see him pick it up, especially with Giannis and uh, Middleton out at the same time. But I think once they get all their guys back, they're going to be all right. They're going to be uh, one of the forces in the East once again. Do we want to talk about the West before the Celtics? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Warriors, 11-1, and one, best record in the NBA. I think they're on a crazy win streak right now. Did Without they lose their first? Two. Yeah. Did they lose? Yeah, they lost an OT to the Grizzlies, but that's their only loss. They're without Clay. They're playing amazing a brand of basketball, and they're beating some, some bad teams, but they beat the Bulls and... Uh, the Hawks, the Hornets. Their schedule's been some of the easiest in the league, but still, yeah. this is a crazy stretch that the Warriors are on right now. Um. So here's what I I think that they're they're a really good team. They have Curry, obviously, carrying them, but they mm-hmm. have some role players now that are like legitimately good. And the other thing is they have like room to grow. Obviously, yeah. the big area to grow is Clay Thompson coming back, um, but. They have, like, Wiseman, who hasn't done a yep. whole lot. No, he's Kuminga. been hurt. He's coming back. Yeah. Kuminga yeah. hasn't done a whole lot. Moses Moody hasn't done a whole lot. Both first-round draft picks this year. So if they can, like, get some production out of those three guys in addition to what they're already getting, plus Clay Thompson coming back, I think they can be a real threat. Um, I don't know what it is about them that always makes me have reservations about, like, picking them so highly. It might just be because, like, all their best players are guards. But 
I I really think that they're good this year. I don't I mean, with the the way the Lakers look right now, I wouldn't be that surprised if the Warriors keep this pace up. I w- also wouldn't be surprised if they end up around like three or four, just because some of the teams like the Jazz will just win a ton of games in the um, in the regular season. But I still think that the Warriors will be like one of the best teams, even if they're not like a top three seed. seed. Yeah, I kind of agree with what you're saying. I think they might fall to like a 3-2-4 range just because there's a lot of teams in the West that just eat regular season wins like the Suns, Jazz, and Nuggets. Nuggets yeah. But uh, they always just haven't seen regular seasons. But I think the Warriors are a serious contender to win the West because you got guys... I think it's kind of going back to like the Bulls, uh, the Bulls, Wizards... Hawks comparison where they just have a bunch of guys but the difference is they have Steph Curry one of the best if not the best player in the league right now so I mean like you said they have a bunch of young guys which give them a lot of upside a lot of uh, room to grow I think Draymond's really having an insane year I mean I've watched more Warriors games than I would have expected to start the year and he's facilitating in a way that I haven't seen before out of a four he's averaging eight seven and eight just almost averaging a triple double playing great defense Everyone was hating on Draymond. I wasn't really that down on him. I mean, obviously I was, but I think people were overreacting a little bit. He needs to be on a good team for his true value to show, and it's showing right now, and the Warriors are in a great spot, and I think right now they're my favorite in the West, but it's still really early. Yep. Um, I have a question. Is Clay coming back and making a big impact? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Yeah, I think he'll be good. Like... Yes, I think when it's a player like him who is mostly just reliant on shooting, I feel like he'll be fine. Like it's, he's not that reliant on like being explosive. His defense, I guess, could take a hit, but I think he'll be very impactful still. Yeah. Uh, got any other, anything else? I think there's two other things that jump out to me. Um. Uh, you can go pick a team or something. I, I think we'll go Lakers and then yeah. uh, then a Trailblazers because All right. of Dame. But yeah, what's your thoughts on the Lakers right now? They're seven and six. I mean, so I guess the thing that people are looking at is they're like I guess so. LeBron has not been totally healthy but he's mm-hmm. been fine when he plays. I don't think there's much doubt about LeBron other than if you think that he's going to just fall apart um, health-wise. But LeBron's kind of like a constant. You don't really need yeah. to worry about him. Yeah. Davis is kind of the same way. Um, What's Westbrook, the elephant in the room? Westbrook is the elephant yeah. in the room. <laughs> and it doesn't really seem like this works. Like... He just doesn't quite work, doesn't quite fit, and he just hasn't been very good. I mean, I guess I still think that there's a possible role for him, but I think you can't think of him as, like, MVP Russell Westbrook at all. Like, you think you should ha- you should be putting him on the same level as, like, Kendrick Nunn and think of him as, like, a spark off the bench, not as, like, a key player. And maybe you work him into that key player role, but you can't think of you can't use him like he's 
Russell Westbrook because you can't empower him to have take that role because if he takes that role, it, the team will just not it just won't work. Yeah, it's such an interesting situation with Westbrook. I totally agree. I think his best role on this team is giving LeBron and AD a rest and having him with the bench and just having him run the point and just being a spark. But convincing him to be in that role is going to be the challenge, like you said. Like, he doesn't seem the guy to be like, all right, I'll take a back seat. But especially if and when LeBron comes back, LeBron's going to want that point guard role, I assume. And if Westbrook is going to be ball dominant, that puts LeBron off the ball. And with his questionable shooting, pair that with Westbrook's questionable shooting. It's going to lead to some weird force spacing, some weird possessions. Westbrook's been a turnover machine late. He's still averaging his near triple-double, but he's not been good this year. Terrible shooting splits. I think on draft night, they said, like, Buddy Heald was an option, and I think that would have been a lot better of a fit than Westbrook. Mm-hmm. But yep. I don't know. It's it's a little janky right now, and I think they're going to do some major soul-searching. And maybe LeBron coming back will fix it, and he'll just sing Kumbaya and taste fine wine and get the team back on track but right now the Westbrook experiment's looking like a massive failure and that's not what you want to see if you're a if you're a Lakers fan yep um yeah that's kind of all I have with them Carmelo Anthony has been really good oh yeah he's been balling um I guess I mean that's a nice thing for them but he, I don't think he'll really push them over the edge in any way. No, I, I mean, he's the type of guy that might not even play very much in the playoffs because mm-hmm. of his defense. Yeah. But they don't but, have many better options, so we'll see. All right. I think it's uh, this one could be a little forced, but it's, it's Blazers talk. I think it should be noted that they're 6-7, and seven, and they're uh, superstar Damian Damian Lillard is struggling to an extent that we haven't seen before from him. He's averaging like 20 points a game and can't make a three to save his life. And uh, I think this has something to do with something that I'm going to bring up with the Celtics as well. If I can find him on the... Yeah, he's averaging 28 and 4, which is a huge drop-off to compare to what we're expected to see from him. When Steph Curry was out the last few years, he was starting to be in the best point guard in the league discussion. And now he's not well, He's not even an all-star. But I think he's been talking about the balls of the NBA. So <laughs> the NBA changed their balls from uh, Spalding to Wilson this year. And everyone's saying it has a little different feel, a little different leather. And it's really messing with some people. And Damien's come out and said, yeah, it's, it's an adjustment. And I think that... Well, I mean, he was so dialed in the past few years. I mean, he was hitting shots from half court, like, off screens, like, consistently. And just having that changed is really detrimental to a guy who's so shooting-oriented. But I don't know how much of an excuse you can use because you see guys like Steph Curry just shooting the best of his career with... But maybe it just affects everyone differently. So that's the thing with Damian uh, and the Blazers. Yeah, I don't have many thoughts on them. I mean, I don't really know what they were expecting. Like, obviously Lillard not being as good hurts them, and I think he'll be fine. He's, he'll, I don't, like, I think he'll come back to what he, like, has been in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But there's even if he does, this team, like, what's their best case scenario? No, they can't it's not good. really. The best thing they could do is like a five seed and like a second round playoff exit, and it's kind of been that way since they've had this core with Dame and CJ. So it's one of those teams where it's like you obviously they're so good or they're good enough where you it would seem kind of crazy to say like blow it up but at the same time it's pretty difficult for me to see a pathway for them to like make the leap to um to like being a real contender unless they got like really lucky on a draft pick does Damien finish this year, uh, this year with the uh, Blazers? Mm, that's tough to say. I guess I would say yes. It seems like he's loyal, but in this day and age, anything could happen. Yeah, I'd probably say so, but unless something... I mean, there, isn't there something going on with like their owner right now? I think there's something going on with them. Yeah, some maybe. type of case. So I mean, there's some serious. Di- I, I'm almost certain there's actually there's some serious dif- dysfunction. So it could be one of those things where like you're just it's a random Tuesday and all of a sudden Dame's requested a trade and CJ doesn't want to be there and like it's just goes nuclear and uh, yeah Portland all of a sudden like I could totally envision that like yeah getting the notification that just like shit hit the fan in Portland but mm-hmm. so. I don't really know what's happening. Do we want to do winners and losers and then Celtics? Because sure. I think we got to clean a palate cleanser Yeah. before we get into Celtics. All right. Start it off. First winner is Trevor Plouffe. And I'm pretty sure we haven't done this one. I mean, it's obviously a repeat, but I don't think I've said it since the end of the World Series where in – the Braves beat the Astros in six games, and in March of this year, Trevor Plouffe tweeted out um, Braves over Astros in six games for the World Series. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the greatest sports prediction of all time right now. It's pretty, it's got to be up there. Which is kind of crazy to say, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's an insane prediction. He's definitely a winner. My winner, I'm going to start with... Uh, Cam Newton back in Carolina, Superman coming back to his home. I think that's cool to see. I think uh, I'm definitely going to watch a Panthers game with Cam just to see what it's like. I'm sure Carolina fans are pretty excited, but uh, yeah, why not? I'm, I'm down to see Cam back in uh, back on the Panthers. Um, I was torn if this was really a winner or a loser, I, um, but Odell going to the Rams I have as a winner. Um, I, that's, I guess, exciting just based on, like, star power. It kind of seems like a Madden franchise team right now with no draft picks yeah. and, like, <laughs> just... They really said screw the draft picks, yeah. So, a lot of pressure on the Rams right now. Uh, yeah. My other winner is going to be Buster Posey, who retired from the MLB a few, I think, last week, and finishing off his... Probably Hall of Fame career, I'd say so, but uh, he doesn't have the raw stats, but I think he has the enough accolades where he'll get in. But, yeah, he's one of the best catchers I've ever seen when I've been alive and finishing off a great career with the Giants. So congratulations, Buster Posey. 
Um, do you have any more winners? I am out on the winners. All right. My first loser is kind of interesting because you oh, had a, a winner. I have a I have a okay winner. Go ahead. R- Russell Wilson back with the oh. Seahawks. I just watched the NFL kickoff. So nice. continue. My first loser is Cam Newton slash the Panthers oh, no. because oh, I think no. Cam Newton sucks and the Panthers yeah. suck and I think the they should have just left it left. No. Left the memory of Cam Newton as Superman Cam and not brought him back because this is going to be ugly, I think. <laughs> You're, no, this is that's a winner. Superman Cam, he's going to be running gonna, the QB power again, picking throw up for like, like three yards. 97 yards on <laughs> four for 13 passing with like I'll actually make a bet with you. two rushing yards. I'll make a bet with lose you. by 30. The first touchdown he runs in as a Panther, he's doing the Superman celebration. Yeah. I think he that's, even gets a touchdown. I think that's a safe bet. I think they're gonna. Yeah, if they get the ball, if they get the ball on the goal line, they're going to force feed Cam into that into that end zone. Yeah, because they, yeah. Good move by the ownership, at least. Yeah, put put cheeks in seats, as they yeah. say. Yeah. All right, I got a loser. Lonzo Ball, Kyle Lowry, Heat, and Bulls. Reportedly, the NBA is oh, in the yeah. final stages of examining some tampering. For those who don't know, tampering is when you illegally talk to players and make under-the-table deals with players before the official opening of free agency. So they're going to be losing some draft picks and some may potentially. I don't know how much. I mean, if it's a first, it's going to be a huge deal. But... uh it could just be something like international bidding rights, and but who knows? But yeah, I mean, I wanted the Celtics to get Lonzo, and if he already committed to the Bulls two weeks before the legal bidding opened, that kind of stinks. But at the same time, there's tampering like all around the league, so you can't really be too mad. I mean, heck, the LeBron signed with the Lakers at like 12:05, right when uh, free agency opened, and Magic Johnson was like already at his house, so. Yeah, yeah, tampering in the NBA is a thing. We all know that. It's kind of weird. They, like, pick when they are going to yeah. force it. It doesn't really make any sense. Got another um, loser? Yeah, my last loser is the Los Angeles Dodgers, and it is because they signed Andrew Heaney, who is the worst pitcher of all time. <laughs> and I don't know how you could watch his season last year and be like I think we should give that guy 8 million and that's what they the gave Dodgers him 8 did. million yep like he I could have gone out there and done the same thing as him like literally he had one good game against the Red Sox just cause the pitches are like 94 miles an hour instead of 74 they're still gonna get hit just as far <laughs> I like it I like it I don't know what the that's kind of a weird move maybe they see something in them that I mean I'm sure he's gonna be like a yeah, dominant. Yeah. This could be a winner too, but it it's kind of makes me a bad person if I put it as a winner. The day that the Rams signed uh, Odell Beckham, Robert Woods tore his ACL. Mm. So I think he's he's out for the year. He's in a thousand yard receiver quietly for them the past two years. So they're losing a big weapon. They're probably glad they got Odell. Selfishly as a fan, maybe we're going to see some Odell highlights and some more targets that we've seen in the past, but 
if you're a Rams fan, that's a big hit to the to the Rams because they love to put him in motion, run misdirection, kind of. He's been in the system for so long. Him and Sean McVay have like a telepathic connection. They know that he's going to be in motion, doing some janky stuff, and that's a loss if you're a Rams fan, but a win if you're a sports fan, I guess. Yeah. Um, there's some interesting stuff with Odell. Like, there's some alarming stats about him. Like, so, I mean, I think it's a legitimate question, like, whether he's, like, that good. good. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll be interested to see because it doesn't really seem like there's much of an excuse to not produce here. I don't really see the excuse with the Browns either. I guess he would say because they just don't throw to him. But yeah. yeah. All right. Do you feel your palate has been cleansed? Yep. All right. I've got so much to unload on the Celtics, but I think just a little recap of the past two weeks that we haven't we missed last week, but that happens. It was a tough weekend for for me and. Uh, was the championship weekend, which we won't get into. But uh so the Celtics are sixth and seventh, tenth in the Eastern Conference. After the Bulls game, which I think we talked about the claps, like the twenty two point claps, Marcus Smart ha- called out like all the guys, Jason and Jalen in uh in specific, and then since then they went on a four and one win streak. Last night we're up by 19, playing great. Robert Williams finished with like 12 and 16 with three blocks. Schroeder scored 40 the night before, went for 28. Looks like we're gonna be five and one, get back over 500. Only two games out from the top of the Eastern Conference, which was kind of weird. And then we crumble, score 15 points in a quarter and a and a fourth. Like, literally, we couldn't score the basketball. Cavs come all the way back, winning by two points. Another close game lost. After we get a close game win against the Bucks. just a crushing defeat that, oh, my gosh, I was so mad. I was throwing stuff all over to the downstairs. It was, it was not a good day for, like, my mental health with sports. Like, I was so unbelievably frustrated. And I'll get into it because it's good, uh, Good for the soul, but you, you started off. I mean, this is so typical. Like, this happens every... Well, every the last time. two years, this has happened so constantly. Like, we're, we know it's going to happen. It's like we were watching the Bucks game together that they won when it went to overtime, and it just seemed like they were going to lose, and then they won somehow, but... They just lose every close they game. They lose every, every close game, cl- and they just it doesn't make sense like no other teams that are taken seriously are like doing this stuff like against what ha- will happen against the bulls and then what happened against the Cavs. Like it that's just not just, what good teams it's mind-boggling do. it's ridiculous and like I'm let's look at a, the schedule it's hard to even pinpoint what it is no it's so weird i mean like opening night knicks lose double ot then we get blown up by the Raptors at home. That's an effort thing. Lose two close games to the Wizard. One of them was in double OT again. Then we go. We lose to the Bulls after blowing a huge lead. Then we lose to the Mavericks. Luka hits another dagger on us two years in a row. Like, when Luka shoots that, I know it's going in. Yeah. Like, we don't win close games at all. Lose to the Cavs. The only close game we've won this year is the Bucks, And, uh... 
Yeah, that's literally it. I think we won one more early. We won... No, that's the only one. One against the Hornets, but... Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got a flaming hot take for the Celtics, which we'll get into towards the end of this. But initially, just what I've seen... Marcus has been up and down during the win streak after he called people out. He was playing pretty well. I mean, we're just looking from, like, 12, 6, and 5 with efficient shooting from him. And when he does that and he plays good defense, he looks amazing. When he shoots 25 times, it looks not so amazing. I think yep. if Dennis Schroeder wasn't on this team, we'd be a lottery team. He's been keeping us afloat, like, literally. Yeah. He's been, like, it's insane how much we we're relying on him right now. Like, without him, we would have lost... Like, we'd be, like, two and a lot right now. Two and, like, ten. It's it's ugly. One thing I want to talk about, um, there, Bill Simmons tweeted about it. The fact that guys, like, I know he's just, he didn't play in the last game, but Josh Richardson, guys like that are just playing over guys like um, Neesmith. And they did this type of thing last year too where mm-hmm. they're just not playing the young guys that like theoretically would be how you get better would be like developing your young guys and they're just playing these guys like Josh Richardson who's like like the definition of meh yeah when, like Neesmith can be meh and then maybe maybe he's like a one of the best shooters in the league that's what you drafted him to be like maybe if you you have to see like you can't tell if you're gonna no, yeah. play him like 11 minutes a game, so it's remarkable that a team that's not like winning a ton of games, a team that's struggling, and it's this Brad did this last year. Yep. The team that struggle is struggling just continues to play these guys that like you no, know no exactly upside. what you're gonna get, and there's like a low ceiling and a slightly higher floor than the other guys like it's just annoying because they like keep running the same thing back over and over and expect the same result and they just they don't try to they don't try to use their young guys it doesn't make any sense yeah I think that was one of the knocks on Brad like he would never play the young guys he'd give them a really short leash like if they did one bad thing one missed one defensive assignment they're to the timeout corner and wouldn't see the floor for the next five games and uh and you're seeing that again with email which I really don't like I mean I think one pleasant surprise has been Neesmith. he's or not Neesmith, Langford he's been really good he's yeah. been playing great defense getting some solid consistent minutes. That's the most important thing. Consistent minutes. He's been shooting the three insanely well at like 50% right now. And uh, I love the way he's been playing. He's going to yep. be a solid bench player for us. Grant Williams has been surprisingly good this year. Random shooting ability from him. He hit three yep. threes last night. Playing some like decent defense. So I think those two guys have been the biggest like surprises. Kind of like, oh, okay, that's like what we want to see. But from like Neesmith, Pritchard, and guys like that. I don't know how Rob worked his way out of the, like, ro- yeah. we'd always joke about it, the, like, rotisserie of, like, Carson Edwards, Gershon, Yabasue, mm-hmm. like, all those guys. But he, he got out of the mud. 
he got out of the out of the cycle of those guys. So I mean, three yeah. of our young guys got out of it, but still, I mean, Neesmith and it, Pritchard are just in an absolute dungeon of yeah. not playing. With with Rob, it was ridiculous though. It took way too long. He it would took get, way too long. He would come in and it would be like he would get like three blocks in two minutes and mm-hmm. like dunk on someone, and then he just sits back down for like another twenty minutes. It doesn't like. And it took a long time for them to play him. They, I forget exactly what was happening, but it was the bubble was, we started Tice, playing him, right? That they were playing Tice over him. Yep, I Tice would just make me want to rip my hair out. Yeah. So, and he had to be like so good to get the role. And yeah. I'm not even saying that Neesmith is necessarily like so great that they need to be playing him. It's just you have to try to play him, and if he sucks, he sucks. But and if he plays well, you can no trade to, him. There's no way to tell if, like, there's no way to tell if he's any good if you don't play him. I'm, I mean, he played great in the summer league. I mean, Pritchard right. was looking like an all star in the year. summer league. Yeah. yeah, he was good at the end of last year too. So I was starting to have some Neesmith, uh, some Neesmith optimism, but it has been totally shaken. I mean, he's hit a few threes this season. He's getting more play time than he did last year, but that's not saying much at all. I think that Neesmith needs to... I mean, Neesmith coming out of the draft, I was so excited for him. He was supposed to be like a... Yes, he's just a shooter. Like, you're just getting a solid defensive 3 and D, like, low-risk shooter. And his his shot's off, too. Like, it's it's not smooth like a Duncan Robinson, like, pure shooter. It's, it's a little janky. It's got a... I mean, obviously, he's an NBA player, but, like, it's not, like, what you would think of if you're just thinking, like, knockdown shooter coming out of the draft. So disappointing from Neesmith. The biggest weird thing to me is Pritchard. He looked like he was going to be a huge role on this team. Last year, he came in guns a-blazing. Uh, already got a nickname. I mean, he was, like, people were so excited for him. And he hasn't gotten much play time, but at the same time, when he has been in, it's been awful. Like, he can't make a shot his defense is terrible like he's supposed to be a floor spacer and we know we're not going to get good defense from him but if he's playing bad defense and can't do anything on offense like he was terrible in the Cavs game but uh I think it's because he's playing with that mask because he broke his nose it's kind of messing with him but man was he's been so bad to start the season Ime's put him in the timeout corner he's not been able to get on the court and when he has it has not been good yeah, he has kind of gotten bumped because of Schroeder. Yeah. Um, I guess it's the same because we don't have Kemba anymore. But, um, yeah, I he obviously hasn't been that great. I would like to see him play a little more. I think the, like, playing Marcus Smart at point guard kind of hurts him because if you do the depth chart, like, one He's of Schroeder or... Richard is always in, and then he's going to get some significant time. But they do the Marcus Smart at point guard thing, and then he just doesn't really play. I mean, his role is to play the two and just hit threes. Like, if he can do that, he will get time. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with him at the two if Marcus is in. He's a bigger point right. guard who can yeah, play defense. Exactly. He just needs to be able to hit the three and space the floor. But uh, disappointing with the young. I think that's one of the – glad we got into this, the young guys, because – the blueprint for good teams is you have your guys, like, let's say, let's just use the Warriors as an example, or, like, the Heat. 
Like, let's use the Heat. The Heat are better. You have Jimmy Bower, Adebayo. They're your guys. Kyle Lowry. Then you draft guys like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, none. They had Precious Achua for a while. Like, those are just guys that you draft who provide cheap bench, bench depth. And the Celtics have missed on so many of those guys. They haven't single one of those guys. I mean, like I guess Langford, you can say Rob Williams, like, but they got him, like, early on. Yeah, like, damn. Like, that's how you build your team up. Like, we have the foundation. We just needed that boost from draft picks that have just been whiffed on and whiffed on. It is remarkable, like... How like Tyler Hero, what was he picked? One pick ahead was, of us? Yeah. Oh man, that's so frustrating. We were gonna take him too. Yep. Man. But uh that's so frustrating. Uh alright, some of the other key things that have jumped out to me. I like the accountability of the Celtics this year, calling guys out. Ime is not afraid to call guys out. Unfortunately we're still like whining about calls, getting teed up, but I think Ime's trying to stop that, which I I guess is fun to think about the idea that Tatum won't complain, but that won't happen. Defense has been decent with all the switching, but I think really the biggest thing that's got the Celtics here, like what did we say with Jason and Jalen coming into the season? For us to be a contender, they got to take a big step. Tatum needs to be in the MVP conversation, and Jason needs to, or Jalen needs to be a all-star again and improve his game. And boy, has Jason been bad. Jalen's been inconsistent, and now he's hurt. I mean, that, those are the two big things. Like, we can look at the rest of the team and the young guys, but if you're two all-stars, all-NBA guys aren't performing whatsoever, I mean, your team's going to be in a bad spot, and I'm surprised we're not in a worse spot if it wasn't for Dennis Schroeder. Like, the production from our two guys has just been terrible. Yep. Yeah. I mean, jeez. I mean, what are you seeing from Tatum? I mean, he has had a couple good games where he's scoring. I still think... I mean, what's he averaging right now? 23-3-8, but his shooting splits are crazy bad. Yeah. His, he's, it's the classic 25 points a game on 10 for 25 right. shooting. Exactly, yeah. Like, that's literally what we're getting every night from him. It's frustrating. I mean, I I still think it sounds like the old guy thing to say, but I think it all opens up for him when he just goes to the basket. And I think he just needs to focus on that. And I think he'll be fine ultimately, but he definitely hasn't been great. And he's always had this issue where he is kind of inefficient scoring. I I agree with you. I think he needs to get to the basket because he hasn't done that at all this year. And I think guys are kind of starting to sit on that like step back, sidestep jumper. He hasn't been able to shoot efficient from three at all. And I think there's two things that could be wrong from him. I think he might be injured, something in his legs, because he's not attacking at all. He is no, he's not getting by guys. Like he would get Jarrett out on him last night and just take mid range. Like when you get Jarrett, like when you see Schroeder get a big guy on him, he just puts his head down, and blows right by him to the rack. Like he's so quick. Tatum gets a big guy on him and he and he really can't go by him, and it's weird to see. I think some of his explosiveness might be gone. I think he's a little banged up right now in the lower body. That's we're not worrying about, and I wouldn't be surprised if that comes out at the end of the season or midway through the season, because he's just not exploding downhill. Another thing is, I think maybe like Damian Lillard, he's struggling with the new ball, because he can't make a shot right now, like his three-point percentage and two-point percentage is just so bad, yeah. so I think those are two things that could be kind of conspiracy Jason Tatum theories, or he's just playing bad and he'll pick it up and he'll be alright, either one. Is it time for your hot take? 
Oh, it's time for my hot take. I'm I've been sitting on this one for two weeks now. I'm trying to think about the best way to like kind of start it, you know, because it's all about the like initial. Okay, Ben Simmons is on the trade block. Yeah. Ben oh, Simmons. I like this already. <laughs> ben Simmons is trying to get shipped out of Philly so bad they don't need him. No one wants him. No one, no one wants Ben Simmons. If people wanted him, he'd be gone already. I think. Would you agree with that? Yep. Like you're t- like, I think they're offering like a little. They they thought they were gonna get like a lot from him. Like they thought they were gonna get like a, C like CJ. They said like no, like we don't want CJ. We're gonna get something better than CJ. But I think that's way too high. I think they're like. I think CJ would be like they'll they'll definitely take CJ for Simmons now. Like yeah, totally. That would be insanely good for them. Get another guard for him. So here's my proposition. You're Brad Stevens. Mm-hmm. Celtics get. Uh, so the idea about this deal is the centerpiece isn't Ben Simmons. He's more of a throw-in to make the money work because they're trying to get rid of him. Okay. So Celtics get Maxi, Tyrese uh-huh. Maxi, right? Yeah. Ben Simmons. Maybe like. Uh, Thibel. Mm-hmm. Hal, uh, not Halburn, what's his name? Corkmaz? Is that what mm-hmm. it is? Kind of just guys like that where you're like... Uh, they'd play on the Celtics. Yeah, they're, they'd play. They're going to help our bench depth. They're going to be good for us. They're going to... like. I don't think they'll give up Seth Curry, but a guy like Seth Curry. Shake Millen, maybe. But really, Tyrese Maxey's going to have to be in this deal and some other guys that are just going to be pr- producers. And then Ben Simmons. And mm-hmm. and we'll give up and we'll give up Jalen Brown, and I know that's like the Celtics fans, and I've been one of them for so long. Like you hear Jalen Brown, you're like, nope, like nope, Jalen Brown, he's he's awesome. Like I love him. Nope, Jalen Brown's not going. But if you start to look at the deal, it's kind of like a mini like reset. Like, I mean, the Celtics' problems right now is defense and playmaking. And I think Simmons helps both of those out tremendously. He's going to play all-NBA defense with some all-NBA playmaking. And we're going to get some serious bench depth and some youth in the process. And J- and I think Jalen and Jason aren't really working out right now. And I think it would shake it up a little bit, kind of like a mini-rebuild, but also having two all-stars on your team. Like, I know Ben Simmons is bad, but he's still an all-star, plays great defense, and is a great playmaker, and is elite in the open court. And maybe a change of, change of scenery will just, like, kickstart him and really, like, get him going. But uh, on the flip side, like, like I was just kind of throwing that out there. I, I don't think I would do that. Like, if the package is insane, if it's, like, Maxi, like, uh, Thibel, like, Seth Curry and Shake Millen and Ben Simmons, I would do that. Like, I literally would. But... I can see from another point of view, like, Jalen Brown's continually getting better. He was averaging, like, 28 points a game when he went out. And he's, like, wings, defensive, like, wings and, like, all-around wings win championships in the NBA. And he's still so young. But at the same time, how long are we using this so young excuse? Like, maybe another year. But, like, this is the last year for that so young. Like, they got to get it together. That's my that's my flaming hot take. All right. I like the concept and I yeah. think that the Celtics could benefit from having a bunch of 
role players that are actually good, and those guys you named would be would fill that. I like the idea of Ben Simmons on the Celtics because mm. they need playmaking, and I think he would kind of fit with Tatum and Brown if they yeah, didn't right. him up because he doesn't need the ball really. And, and we need a playmaker so bad. Pass, and he plays good <laughs> defense. So, I mean, I really don't hate the idea of the Celtics trading for him. I do hate the idea of them giving <laughs> up Jalen Brown. Brown right. Because, <laughs> I mean, Jalen Brown, if you look at his, like, career arc, it's very similar to guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I completely agree. So, I don't think you can give up on – or I don't think you can give up a guy like that while he still seems to be – in like going up and you don't we don't really know how high he could go up mm. so it might be i just think it's too, too risky early. to give up a guy like jalen brown for someone as like un i don't know the word on like you can't you don't really know what we're you don't really Question know what mark. you're getting from ben simmons yeah exactly you can i don't think you can give up jalen brown for a question mark and I think that the serious thing about Ben Simmons not showing up in the playoffs is a real thing, and that's super concerning. Yeah. But I think if you want to get the maxis, the, like, solid bench players, you're going to need Jalen. But if it can be, like, Schroeder or, like, Marcus and, like, some of the young guys, and then, we have a, smart. Oh my God. and then we have a big three of Jalen, Tatum, and Simmons, that would be ideal, right? Because you have a big three. Simmons doesn't want to score. The problem with him in Philly was everyone wanted him to be that 20 points a game, number one pick, like, scoring option in the playoffs. He's not going to be that, like, legitimately. Like, if he can just be the facilitator, great defense with two scoring wings, and he can distribute to them, and they can play, and and it's not so much my turn, your turn. If Simmons just, I can see him driving and kicking to those guys, getting them open looks, like, that's the goal. But... If you want those bench players, it's going to need to be Jalen, but I'd much rather do like Marcus, Neesmith, Langford, Pritchard for Simmons. The question is how highly do the Sixers value our players that aren't right, Jalen Brown? Right. Like, and it might even be Rob. Like, I don't want to do Rob, though. You Horford don't. is falling apart. He's already injured. Yeah. I, he's been good. He's been so good, but he's just not going to hold up throughout the season. If they could figure out a package with Marcus Smart and then some other role. Young they would need the guys. money to work, so it would be Marcus. If you did like Marcus Richardson and like Langford or something, it would be, it'd be Marcus I just Richardson. Don't think those Langford. Sixers are going to do that. Yeah, I mean it'd be tough. I don't but, think you can have Marcus Smart as the centerpiece for a deal. For yeah, ben yeah, Simmons. that's that's why we need like that. I mean, the Rob would be the guy, but I they mean, don't really want him with Embiid. Jalen Brown is too much. I guess I, I agree. if you. I guess if you throw in a bunch of draft picks, it's maybe. The, yeah, and picks, right, and you get ones. Yeah, I wouldn't give up more than, like, one or two, though. If you're also giving up guy, a guy like Smart, like... It's an, no, like, I was thinking we get picks back if we do my oh, original really? thing. Oh, well, yeah, like, with Jalen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, I don't but you're right, we could also give either, up though. picks, do Marcus, those guys. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I think either of those would be a very interesting thing 
to bring up in a discussion. I think it's the if you had a Sixers fan on here, I think that that would be shut they down. Would. The, the second one? The Marcus Smart thing would be shut down pretty quickly. But they're slamming the yes button to anything that includes Jalen oh, Brown. Oh, totally, yeah. Like, they're jumping on it faster than they can say, like, first. Yeah, because, I mean, the guy's type of guy that they're thinking about for Simmons right now is, like, like I don't not even that good. Not, like, not CJ. Like, not an all-star. You're not getting an all-star. Yeah. Like, I maybe Marcus, like, two picks and some young guys can do it. Yeah, maybe. And you would do that every time, I right? would do that, yeah. I yeah. mean, yes, I would do that. Yeah, you have to. All right, that's my hot take. All right. Do you have anything else, or do we just end it there? Uh, go Patriots. Big game for them. I saw this thing. If they win this game against the Browns, which starts in eight minutes, their playoff chances go up to like 65 70%, and if they lose, it's down to 30 Oh, wow. Because they're both 5-4, and four, like, fighting for that, so... Steelers gonna are going to lose to the Lions today. I'm just putting that out there. So you think so? I can be right when they lose. Yes. 100%. What's that Steelers stat? Or they're at least going to lose closely. Or win close a close game. Get some help from the refs like they did against yeah. the Bears. Uh-huh. That was ridiculous. I didn't even watch. I, I watched. It was 12 penalties, 120 yards, 6 missed calls. Oh, shoot. Ben Roethlisberger has COVID. Oh. That just Is it flashed duck? across my screen. No, it's Mason Rudolph. It should. Uh, no, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, it's what's his name? No, it's Ru- It says Rudolph is expected to start, but Haskins <sighs> is who you're thinking. Haskins, of. that's yeah. who I wanted. That would have been so fun. Yeah. All right. We'll, break well, Mason Rudolph sucks, so Haskins might come in. All right, call it. Call it. Yeah.